Welcome to Mariners Church Weekend Message Podcast. For more information on Mariners and ways you can get connected, head to marinerschurch.org or click the link in our show notes. For the next several weeks, we are on a journey towards Easter, and we're going to be spending time in the Gospels looking at these unexpected words of Jesus, these surprising conversations that he has with people, and we're going to be able to see ourselves in these conversations. Now, here's why they are unexpected, these conversations that we're going to look at, is because the message of Jesus is so counterintuitive and so otherworldly, because the people he interacts with are surprising in the culture in which Jesus stepped into, and the results of the conversations are also unexpected at times. And so we're gonna jump right in. I know you're excited to study Jesus over the next six weeks as we move towards Easter. And this weekend, we're going to start with the story known as the rich young ruler, a conversation that Jesus has with a man that has been affectionately called the rich young ruler. The reason he's called that is, In Matthew's gospel, we find out that he is young. In Luke's gospel, we find out that he's a ruler. And in all of the gospels, we find out that he is wealthy. I'm gonna be reading from the gospel of Mark, and we're going to see the story of Jesus and the unexpected conversation that he has with this man known as the rich young ruler. And let's see ourselves in the story. We're gonna see what Jesus has to say to us about our achievements. This is the word of the Lord. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these from my youth. Looking at him, Jesus loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. He was dismayed by the demand and he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Fascinating story. We see that this rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he comes to Jesus asking him about eternal life. Now in the Jewish culture, eternal life wasn't only heaven when you die. It was that, but it was more than that. It was heaven when you die and also a life that is filled with joy and peace and meaning and significance now. And so this rich young ruler realizes that there's something lacking in his life which is really fascinating because he was well-known throughout the culture. I mean, people recognized him as being influential and affluential, but something's off in his soul. Something's missing, and he realizes this. So he, he comes to Jesus, even though he has so many things, and he asks him a question about eternal life, which would have been surprising to the people who had observed the story happening because this was the rich young ruler. I mean, this is the guy who has it all going on. He is looked up on, looked to as a leader by others. People look up to him. He's so well-known and liked and respected, and yet he's asking Jesus questions about eternal life. So he knew something was missing in his own soul. Now, the rich young ruler would have fit in very well in Orange County. 
People looked up to this guy. People loved to be around him. He was wealthy. He was young and healthy. And he, he led a bunch of people. He was like a CEO type who had made it big early in life. If he lived in this culture, this would have been his Instagram bio. This, this would have been the rich young ruler, this bio, if he lived here in our current culture. Sebastian Montclair could have been his name. What a, what a really cool name. I mean, I got the name Eric, but Sebastian Sebastian Montclair, I notice his profile. He's rich, live the life you dream of. He's young because he's the guy who believes age is just a number. He's gonna be perpetually young, would have fit well where we live. And then CEO, AKA also known as the ruler by the friends who are closest to me. So this guy had everything that people thought you would have to be happy, but he's not. He's not. And maybe some of you can identify with the rich young ruler because you realize that people look at your life and they assume that you're satisfied. They assume that you're happy, but deep down, you're not. You know something's missing. And this is the rich young ruler. So he comes to Jesus realizing that there's something lacking in his life. And he asks the question about eternal life. Now, the end of the story that we just read it's a bit shocking. It's an unexpected ending. You would expect if someone approaches Jesus with questions about eternal life, that the end of the story would be the person has now received eternal life, that the end of the story would be one that is happy, but not the end of this story, not the end of the story we just read. He leaves Jesus grieving. He's, the story ends with him leaving and grieving. Why does the story end sadly? It, it starts with this Great beginning, this, this rich young ruler goes to Jesus asking questions about eternal life, but the end of the story that we just read, he's leaving and he's grieving. What happened? Why did he miss out on eternal life? Why did he miss out? We're gonna see there's two reasons. We have to, we have to, to dive a bit, a bit deeper into the story to see the real reason that this man missed out on real life and eternal life when you die. He missed it. And we have to understand why. And there's two reasons that we're gonna see. Number one, he was filled with moralism. He actually believed he could be good enough to earn God's affection and earn God's love. So that's moralism. And then number two, he was filled with idolatry. He loved the little things of this life too much and he put those little things above God. He loved those things more than God and they caused him to miss out on the best, which is God himself. So these two aspects in his life caused him to miss real life and abundant life and eternal life. The early church father, Tolst um, I'm sorry, Tertullian, Tertullian um, he wrote this about those two errors because they're so common in all of our lives. Tertullian said this, just as Christ was crucified between two thieves, so this doctrine of justification is ever crucified between two opposite errors. It's a weighty quote. Early church father Tertullian was say, saying that the doctrine of justification, Jesus on the cross in our place to take away our sin and make us just and right with God. This important message, this doctrine of justification, it's constantly being crucified between two thieves, between moralism where we're gonna trust ourselves and not trust Christ and idolatry where we're gonna want other things and not want Christ. And we see both of these in 
this rich young ruler's life, which is why the story ends so sadly. So number one, this is why he missed eternal life. And I want us to not miss eternal life for the same reason. Number one, he believed that being good was good enough. And he actually believed that he was good enough. He believed he was good enough. Now, this is, this is really a shocking ending to the story. And when you first read the scripture, I mean, if this is your first time reading the Bible, it, it, it might've thrown you for a loop because he's, he goes to the right person. He goes to Jesus. I mean, if you're gonna go to somebody and ask questions about eternal life, Jesus is the person to go to. So he goes to the right person. He goes with what seems to be the right posture. He runs to Jesus. He throws himself on his knees before Jesus. This is a posture of humility, a posture of wanting to know the truth and wanting to know the answer. And he seems to ask the right question. Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He seems to ask the right question. But is that the right question? This is really the first clue in the text that something is not going to end well. Because notice the question, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do? See, the rich young ruler shows by asking that question that he believes there's something he can do that would cause him to earn or acquire everlasting life. Jesus, just tell me what I must do. But the message of Jesus is not a message of us achieving eternal life or us achieving his forgiveness. The message of Jesus is there's nothing we can do to achieve his forgiveness. We simply receive his forgiveness by his grace. The message of Jesus is not a message of you must do. The message of Jesus is a message that it has been done for you that Jesus came here to place himself on the cross in our place to secure salvation for us. We inherit eternal life, not because we are good people, not because we have acquired eternal life for ourselves. We inherit eternal life because we have a good and gracious father who writes us into the inheritance only by his mercy and by his grace. And so this rich young ruler is showing Ah, he's not understanding what it means to receive eternal life by the very nature of the question, what must I do? Now, Jesus is going to shepherd him to realize, man, there's nothing you can do to inherit eternal life. And so the next part of the conversation that we just read is, is Jesus lovingly bringing him to the conclusion like, man, I know you think there's something you can do to inherit eternal life, but, but let me show you there's nothing you can do that you can't in your goodness pull it off. And so here's what Jesus does. Jesus tries to get him to that conclusion by bringing up the 10 commandments. Jesus actually brings up six of the commandments, six of them, and says to him, hey, you want to earn eternal life? You wanna do the things for eternal life? Well, you know the commandments. Jesus gives him six of them. And amazingly, the guy says, I have done all of those, Jesus. Since I was a young man, I have been able to pull all of those off. 
That's what I'm saying, Jesus. I know something's missing in my life. I know I don't have this eternal life. And if you would just give me something else to do, I could do those things too, because I've already done all of the commandments. I've pulled off every single one of the commandments you've mentioned all since I was a boy. Just give me something else to do. This guy actually believed that he has kept the commandments, but he hasn't. None of us have kept the commandments. None of us are perfect. None of us have been able to obey all of the commands that God has given in the scripture. But this man in his pride actually believes he has Jesus. Man, I'm the rich young ruler. I've pulled everything off. Somebody gave me a career path to follow. Boom, I nailed that. Somebody said, here's how you become wealthy. Here's how you invest. Boom, I nailed that. Jesus, I'm able to achieve and pull off so many things. Just give me a list of something else to do. I know something's missing and I can solve the problem. But we can't solve the problem because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us, every single one of us, have missed on obeying these commandments. In fact, the 10 commandments, they were not given in the Old Testament for us to be able to check them off and show God how awesome we were. No, the commandments were given to a people who were rescued from Egyptian slavery and they were given as a response to the God who rescued them. They were not given to obey the commandments and then you'll be rescued. The commandments were given because the people were rescued and the commandments were given to help us understand that we need Jesus because we can't keep the commandments. The commandments were given in response to a rescue and the commandments in the Old Testament were given to reveal to you and to reveal to me, I have fallen short. I can't keep the commandments. I need someone who will keep them for me. I need Jesus. Scholars and theologians have said of the commandments in the Old Testament that they are really like a mirror. You look at them and then you see that you've fallen short and you need grace. The commandments are like a mirror. You look at them and you realize I haven't kept them. I need the mercy and the grace of Jesus. So Jesus is trying to show these commandments to the rich young ruler for him to realize I haven't kept them. I can't in my goodness do this. I need mercy and I need grace. But this man is saying, I've done them all. When my daughters were younger, they would sometimes fuss like all, all kids do. And they would say, um, they were fussing and I would tell them, hey, Evie, stop, stop fussing. You're fussing, please lower the tone. Let's have a conversation, stop fussing. I'm not fussing. And so I would do this. You may think I'm a cruel dad, but I would try to show them what fussing was. I would take my phone out of my pocket and I would take a picture of them as they were fussing to show them this is what fussing looks like. Here's one I took of Evie one day when she was fussing and insisting that she wasn't fussing. And that's what the law does for us. The law is supposed to show us, wow, I have not been able to keep all these commandments and I need someone who will keep them for me. My wife's done a similar thing with me. According to her, I snore at night. Not all the time, but maybe one or two nights a week, I will be snoring. She'll try to wake me up and get me to stop. And she'll say, you're snoring. I'm like, I'm, I'm not snoring. I would know it. If I was snow, snoring, I would know I was snoring. She's like, you are snoring and you just don't know you're snoring. What are you talking about? I would know if I was snoring. And so she has several times 
videotaped me snoring in the middle of the night to prove to me that I'm actually snoring. And this is really what the commandments do. And this is what Jesus is doing for this rich young ruler. He's shepherding him, shepherding him to the place where he realizes, oh, I haven't been perfect. I need mercy and I need grace. And so here's why Jesus then says to him, oh, you think you've kept all the commandments? Let me show you you haven't. Let me show you that you haven't kept the commandments. You lack one thing. Go sell all your possessions and give to the poor. You think you've kept them? I'm gonna show you that you haven't kept them because Jesus asked him to do something that shows him he hasn't kept the very first commandment. Do you remember in the scripture in the Old Testament what the very first commandment of the 10 commandments was? God had rescued the people from Egyptian captivity, and he says, I am the Lord your God. I've brought you out of the land of slavery, out of the land of Egypt. You shall have no other God beside me. You should have no other little g God that you put ahead of me. The very first commandment. Martin Luther, the famous reformer, he said that the first commandment is really essential to all the others, that if you keep the first commandment, you'll keep all the others. And if you break any of the others, it's because you've already broken the first one. If you commit adultery, it's because you've already put something ahead of God in your life. If you lie, it's because you've already put something ahead of God in your life. If you covet, it's because you've already put something ahead of God in your life, that it all really comes down to this very first commandment. And the rich young ruler is saying he's kept six of them and Jesus is saying, you haven't. I'm gonna show you that you haven't. Here's how you're gonna know. Go sell your possessions, the one thing that is the most important thing in your life. Light bulb moment, light bulb moment, the man now realizes that he has indeed broken the commandments, that there is something in his life that he has placed above God, and that is his wealth, his possessions, the things he has in this world, and Jesus is showing him, you haven't kept them. So here's the struggle with those of us who are achievers. You know, this rich young ruler, he's the classic Enneagram three, right? Give me something else to do and boom, I can pull that off too. Here's the struggle between Jesus and those of us who are achievers. Because we're achievers, we can sometimes wrongly think that we can achieve God and we can achieve his forgiveness, but we can't achieve his forgiveness. We can't achieve his grace. We simply receive this. This is the struggle between Jesus and those who the world looks as good and successful people. Because sometimes in our goodness, we can wrongly think that we're gonna be able to be good enough for God, that we're gonna be able to qualify ourselves to stand before him. This is the reason as you study the gospels, you're gonna see that Jesus did really well with those people who already knew they weren't good enough. The sinners, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, they ran to Jesus. But the religious people, the people like the rich young ruler who thought they were good in and of themselves, they were repelled by Jesus. The people who realized they weren't good enough, they ran to Jesus for mercy and grace. And the people who thought they were good enough, they were repelled by the message of Jesus so many times. See, if we approach Jesus in our goodness, he sends us away. But if we approach Jesus in our brokenness, he sends our brokenness away and he receives us.
D.L. Moody, he said this, God sends no one away empty except those who are full of themselves. He sends no one away empty. If you will come to him with open hands, ready to receive from him, he will never send you away. He will receive you. But if we come to him with full hands, we are proud of ourselves and we've accomplished so much and we've achieved so much, we walk away just like this rich young ruler did. We walk away empty. Jeffrey Dahmer is known as one of the most brutal serial killers in American history. From 1978 through 1991, he brutally murdered 17 people. And the stories around Dahmer are horrific. And he's sentenced to life in prison. And there's a pastor named Roy Ratcliffe who starts meeting with Jeffrey Dahmer. And Jeffrey Dahmer confesses faith in Jesus, says he's received his forgiveness, says he's become a brand new person. Eight months later, Jeffrey Dahmer was murdered in prison and Roy Ratcliffe gave the funeral service for Jeffrey Dahmer. And Ratcliffe says that in the years after Jeffrey Dahmer was converted, after he became a Christian, after he received God's grace, that people would come up to him and ask questions about Dahmer. And Ratcliffe believed that based on how they were asking the question, that the people hoped Dahmer wasn't sincere. They would say things like this to Roy Ratcliffe. Hey, Dahmer, I mean, that was just like one of those jailhouse confessions, right? Dahmer wasn't sincere, was he? I mean, that, that wasn't real, was he? And Ratcliffe, the pastor said, it's almost like they didn't want Dahmer to be sincere. Almost like if Dahmer was in heaven and somehow it would be less heavenly, that surely Dahmer's not there because he's just not good enough like I'm good enough. It shows us the scandal of the Christian faith. The scandalous message of Jesus is that all of us who realize we need Jesus can enter into the kingdom no matter how much bad we've done. And those of us who are good and realize or think we're good, we miss out. Here's what Ratcliffe said at Jeffrey Dahmer's funeral. He, Jeffrey Dahmer, showed great courage in his daring to ask the question, is heaven for me too? I think many people are resentful of him for asking that question, but he dared to ask and he dared to believe the answer. Rich young ruler, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he missed it. Jeffrey Dahmer, is heaven for me too? I know I don't deserve this. Is heaven for me too? and he receives it. This is the offensive message of the Christian faith. Some people struggle with this. Maybe you will struggle with this, that there are good and moral people like the rich young ruler, people you would love to work for or have work for you, people who are incredible neighbors who return their tools on time, who are kind, who you would trust with your family and you would trust with your kids. They are good and moral people and they miss out on everlasting life because they're trusting their own goodness. And then there's people with dark past and shady past who are not great neighbors, who haven't been kind and haven't been generous, who bump their music late at night, even Nickelback. I mean, they are just not the best neighbors at all, but yet they come to Jesus for grace and forgiveness and they receive it. See, we cannot stand before God in our own achievements. 
but we can stand before God in the achievements of Jesus and the one who lived perfectly and gave his perfect life for us. And if we stand before God in the achievements of Jesus, we stand before God pure and clean. Are you attempting to stand before God in your achievements or in the achievements of Jesus in your place? Number one, this shocking and unexpected conversation, the reason the rich young ruler misses eternal life is he believed he was good enough. The second reason, which is the other error that Tertullian, the early church father, was speaking about, is that he loved the little things of this life too much. He loved the little in this life too much. He, he placed other things, his possessions, above a relationship with God. Now, I love the narrative that we read earlier in the Gospel of Mark, because you will notice as you're reading that Jesus looked at him and loved him. In the middle of his pride, in the middle of his self-righteousness, Jesus loved this man, and Jesus loves you too. Even if you have wrongly thought, I'm good enough for God, Jesus looks at you and he loves you, and he invites you into a relationship with himself. He invites you just like he invited this rich young ruler. He brings you in, he wants you. He wants you to experience real life. So Jesus says, hey, these little things of this life, they're what really have you heart, your heart. Leave those behind and join me. Come join me on a real adventure, on real life. Come and receive what real life is all about. But this man walks away sad. He walks away sad because he was missing eternal life, but he also walks away sad because more than he had possessions, possessions had him. This rich young ruler, he didn't possess possessions. Possessions possessed him. And the little things of this world can do that to us. They won't satisfy us because they're created things, unlike our creator God. Our creator God's the only one who can satisfy us. But the little created things of this world, they can grip our hearts and cause us to miss out on the only one who can quench us, the only one who can satisfy us. And this rich young ruler, he walks away sad because the little things of his life gripped him and held him and caused him to miss everlasting life. C.S. Lewis about the little things of this life compared to the greatness of Jesus, wrote this. It's an amazing quote. He said, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he can't imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. C.S. Lewis says we are settling for the little things of this life when the ultimate thing, the ultimate thing Christ himself is offered to us. This rich young ruler, he goes away sad because he's settling for the little things of this life and he's missing out on the eternal life that Jesus is offering. There was another man in scripture, very similar to the rich young ruler, who was well-respected in the culture, who was very successful, who had achieved a lot, and who was very religious. And his name was the Apostle Paul. And he responded very differently than the rich young ruler did to the invitation from Jesus. The Apostle Paul, when Jesus invited the Apostle Paul to follow him, the Apostle Paul, he realized that everything he had built in this life was nothing compared to the greatness of following after Jesus. Here's what the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter three. 
everything that was a gain to me, I've considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him, I've suffered the loss of all things and I consider them as dung. Now, youth pastors have always loved this verse because the Apostle Paul actually uses a curse word in Philippians chapter three. He's saying, all of the things I had in this life compared to Jesus, all of those things are, well, C.S. Lewis said mud pies. Um, the Apostle Paul calls them dung. I'm, I'm not gonna say the actual word, but, but the Apostle Paul is saying the little things in this life compared to the greatness of knowing Jesus, they are nothing, they are nothing. All of the things that I thought were everything, they are nothing compared to how awesome it is to know and follow Jesus. And I've had this experience. I remember before I became a Christian, I wrestled for so long thinking I would have to give up everything to follow Jesus. I read verses in the scripture about giving up everything to follow Jesus. And I thought, I don't, I don't wanna give up everything. I don't wanna give up these relationships and these hopes and these dreams and these goals and these desires. But then finally, Jesus kept just going after me and inviting me and pursuing me. And I surrendered and I gave everything up. In my mind, I was giving everything up. But here's what you find when you give everything up to follow Jesus, that everything you give up to follow Jesus is really nothing compared to the greatness of Jesus and knowing him and following him. When you say yes to Jesus and you join him on the adventure and you start following him, you find that he is better and greater than anything the world offers. The rich young ruler, he missed that. He missed it because he's so was gripped by the things of this world. He missed. In this story, we don't know perhaps what happened after the story, but in this narrative, in this account, the rich young ruler missed out on eternal life. Unexpected ending, unexpected ending. He missed because he believed he could be good enough and none of us can. He believed he could achieve and none of us can. And he missed because the little things in this life had a bigger grip on him than perhaps he thought. Now, here's what's really fascinating about the Gospel of Mark. If you look up to the story right above it, in, in the Bible, the, just the verses right before Jesus' encounter with the rich young ruler, you see another unexpected story. So the rich young ruler, he doesn't walk away with eternal life because he believed he could achieve. In the story right above, we find that Jesus says, if you really want eternal life, you have to receive it. Not achieve it, but receive it. In the story right before the rich young ruler, you read this. People were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the, little, little, <coughs> sorry, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. See, we don't achieve the kingdom of heaven. We don't achieve eternal life in our goodness, we receive eternal life because of his goodness. And if we approach God in our 
goodness, we will be sent away empty. But if we approach God in our brokenness, we, are, we have our brokenness sent away and we are now filled with all of his forgiveness and all of his perfection. Are you trying to achieve eternal life or have you received eternal life? Next week, we're gonna look at another fascinating story of Jesus and a Samaritan woman at the well. And we're going to give all of us, give you an opportunity next week to express faith in Jesus, to receive his forgiveness and tell everybody about it. We learned this week that none of us can be good enough to earn God's forgiveness, that none of us can be good enough to achieve his grace. And next week, we're gonna see that none of us have done enough bad things to be unable to receive his grace. Every single person who wants to receive God's grace can receive God's grace, but it can only be received. It cannot be achieved. What would Jesus say to you today? about your achievements? Are you trying to do and do and earn and achieve the grace of God? Or have you rested and rejoiced in the message that it is finished, that Jesus has done all of the work for you? All right, next weekend, we're gonna study an incredible story in the gospels and we're gonna give people an opportunity to respond and say, I believe. And so it'll be a great weekend to invite friends to watch with you so they can hear the good news of Jesus. In a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer of blessing over you, but I want you to know about three deep dive classes that start this week. They're all online, so no matter where you're watching from, you can participate. And they're deep dive, and then there's a subtitle. So the first is deep dive, the reason for God. This will help you understand how to articulate the Christian faith. Maybe you're watching and you're not sure yet about the Christian faith. This actually answers some of the difficult questions about the Christian faith, deep dive, the reason for God. Then the second one, uh, in deep dive, the reason for God, you do not have to have gone through Rooted to sign up for that. Anybody can go through the reason for God. The next two, we want you to have completed Rooted before you go through this, this class. And you can do this as an individual or with your life group deep dive the image of God. Now in the image of God, we are gonna tackle some of the tough topics in our culture because we believe the image of God is on all people from the unborn to the vulnerable to people from every ethnicity. So we're gonna talk about the unborn and about race and about the vulnerable. And so deep dive the image of God, invite you to join us for that. And the last one is deep dive the story of God which I love this one because you will see the whole story of the Bible. You'll basically get an overview of the Bible and you'll see that it's not 66 disconnected books, but it's one book. For any of these classes, you can sign up today. You, you have to sign up today because they start this week and you just text groups to the number on the screen. So I invite you to take one of those deep dive classes. Will you extend your hands and I'll pray a prayer of blessing over you. Father, I pray you bless your sons and daughters this week and remind them that they have received your mercy and your grace, that they are filled because of what you have done for them. Bless them, keep them, cause your face to shine on them this new week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Mariner's Weekend Message Podcast. 
To support the ministry of Mariners Church, you can head to the website by clicking the link in our show notes or text MYMARINERS to 77977. If you'd like more biblical encouragement from Mariners Church throughout the week, we also have the Gospel Everyday podcast. Every episode is a seven to 10 minute reflection from our 2021 annual read, A Mariner's Tradition. And it's based in the book of Proverbs. We're reading Timothy and Kathy Keller's devotional, God's Wisdom for Navigating Life. And why are we doing this? Well, God wants us to benefit from his wisdom and avoid foolish thinking and living. Instead of binging on social media or your favorite streaming service, imagine feeding your heart, mind, and soul with the kind of practical wisdom that God will use to change your life. Hey, let's get wise together. Join us and head over right now and download the Gospel Everyday Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Have a great week and may you live by God's grace every day.